Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Just a heads up, this episode again deals with some very intense themes, particularly around pregnancy loss and mm-hmm. miscarriage and stillbirth. So if you find this difficult, Collings will put the time codes below so That's you can right. skip you over. Can skip over it. All right, All right. On with the show. Let's have a great show, Claire. We already did it. Let's let's let everybody listen to our great show. All right. Well, 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 well. Well, 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 well. It isn't another podcast. It's another podcast, a suggestible podcast. That's, That's right. the podcast we're on the podcast. Do you consider this a beautiful day for podcasting? I thought you were going to say, do I consider this a beautiful podcast? And my answer is, yeah. Can a podcast <laughs> be considered beautiful? Yeah, well, this is a thing because it's an audio medium. I think beautiful Are you is saying not only that, visual. Yeah, that's James what I'm saying. beauty is not only I, That's deep. what I'm saying. I, I was saying that. Don't turn this on me. All right. That would okay. imply if somebody cannot see something, it is not beautiful. Well, I can Do you see not consider you. the wind a beautiful thing? <laughs> you know I do. Do you not consider a rainbow when you've got your eyes shut a beautiful thing? <laughs> what do you mean? You're confusing me. I see rainbows with my own eyeballs. You know what song I love? What's that? Red and yellow and pink and green. That song straight up sucks. Purple and orange and blue. I can see a rainbow. That's a really good song. No, it's not. Anyway, enough diddle daddle fiddle faddle. Thank God. Enough chippity choppity lippity loppity. (laughs) Good. Enough squiggity wiggity. This is Just for Podcast. My name is Claire. James is here also. We are Hello. married and we recommend you things to watch, read and listen to. That's right. And if uh, there's yes. even the hint of a song, Claire will sing that song sometimes in its entirety. So just be aware <laughs> of that going forward. I, If life could be a musical. It would be shaboom, an absolute shaboom. Oh, if oh life could God. be a dream. Not even shaboom, the same shaboom. song. Like it wasn't even <laughs> close. I sometimes people have said that they re- I remind them of a Sesame Street character because <laughs> you're Just a fucking like... Muppet. <laughs> oh, wow! Ouch! That hurt my feelings. If you weren't so grey, I would feel sorry for myself. But I don't think you have anything to be saying to anybody, Mister Grey Man. You're probably right. You told me yesterday that you went to the gym and you worked out, <laughs> and the trainer filmed you. Yeah, which I do not care for, quite frankly. (laughs) No. And then what happened? Then you said, oh, no, I look like some. I just just... thought I look like some old guy. And he goes, no, it's inspirational. (laughs) It's like like I'm some fucking. (laughs) Which I know is like supposed to be a compliment. But it's like, which also 50 is not that old. But but just like, no, even someone like you could do it. (laughs) But let's flip it around. On the positive, you lifted a really, really, really heavy thing. I certainly did. And it was really, really, it really was very impressive. Heavy. Correct. And as a result, I'm more muscular than ever somehow. Somehow. Yeah. Who knows? And I have to comment on it every day. Every day. Every goddamn every day. Every goddamn day because you are beautiful. Even and, if you and can't see full me. full circle, maybe not like this podcast. That's right. Who knows? Should we do our first recommendations? We absolutely should. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I would love to. And I asked you to watch this and you didn't watch it. Now yep. I'm going to To be fair though, I only didn't watch it because I didn't want to. <laughs> no, I, I didn't have time Like because I, I 
a bunch of other stuff. I was going to watch it last night, but then I had to watch Peter Jackson's King Kong, which oh, is, I, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. I see. It goes for yep. seven fucking hours. Great. Excellent. And then I had to, got a Falcon and the Winter Soldier review that I got a, so, yes, a yes. thing. Yes, yes. You're it's a very busy Friday man. Morning. You're very – anyway, I was watching this and you left the room because I was like, you I really liked this, yeah. it and you were like, I don't want to spoil it because there's nothing worse than like watching something from the centre – Mm. And like snippets and then you kind of know what is going on and then it ruins it for you. And this movie, oh my goodness, I loved it. It's called Moxie. It's on Netflix. It's directed by Amy Poehler uh, ah. from Saturday Night Live and ah. also Leslie Note from Parks and Rec and just an all-round amazing chickadee, chickadee chick. Um, I don't know, my brain just short-circuited No, it. no, that's right. It was pro- it's produced by Kim Lessing, Morgan Sackett and mm. Amy Poehler, so produced by her as well. The screenplay is by Tamara Chestnut and Dylan Mayer and it's based on a book of the same name, Moxie, by Jennifer Matthew. Right, okay. Right, yeah, so it's based on a book. I just loved it. It was fresh. It was funny. It It is based around the central character, Vivian, who is played by Hadley Robinson, who I hadn't seen anything else, and she is brilliant. She's a high school student. Amy Poehler plays Lisa, her mum, who is a busy working mum and was in her youth a very strident feminist taking down the patriarchy. I'm taking it down. I've had enough of that. Yeah, so really it's it's a a little bit of a rom-com. It's it's got a lot of kind of feminist themes through it, a lot of intersectional feminism, so it's very representative. Mm. It's got a really great diverse cast. Um, Her best friend is played by Lauren Tsai, um, Claudia. Is her best friend, mm-hmm. and um, between the two of them, they're kind of these really funny, quirky, nerdy girls in high school. And I feel like the high school depiction, as much as it has, you know, all the different kind of, you know, the jocks and the cheerleaders. Well, that's and all high school, things, baby. That was my school. That's high school, jocks you know, and the cheerleaders and, and all goths. the things. As much as it does that. Um, and rollerbladers. All right. Yeah, there were rollerbladers. Mm. Um, so, you know, in some ways it walks this like a very familiar line of a high school film. Sure. But the the way that the dialogue works is so funny and so uh, – oh, what, what am I trying to say? It just does a really good job of using the high school as a like a microcosm mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. the wider world and the misogyny that's kind of present – as an undercurrent in the school. Right, and right. And that is what is so great about it because you can watch it with your teenager or, you know, your tween daughter or son and it's really fun. There's also a lot of kind of like there's a romance that goes on. Oh um, there's a, a character called Seth. He's played by Nico Haraja and he's really great. He was this like little kid who like over the summer just shot up really tall. Ba-chow. And so Vivian and... Seth kind of have this romance and he is a really great character because he's an al- he plays an ally. So he's this kind of very, in, in inverted commas, woke kid mm. who's really supportive of Vivian. She's really quiet and then a new girl comes into the classroom who's a really sort of outspoken feminist who takes it to this big jock who is kind of like the captain of the football team and clearly very um, sexist and kind of talks over all the women in the class and and he's not used to this sort of strong woman or, or, you know, a young woman being in the class, and then he ends up bullying her um, and the teacher has kind of let it happen and the principal kind of is on the catch from the football team side. Yeah. And so slowly it starts to unpick why it is that, like, the football team that's been losing for the whole year um, is celebrated while the girls' football team, who wins every game they play, yeah. doesn't get a mention. Yeah, You know, and all the money yeah. is pumped into this 
male football team. So anyway, there's lots of themes running through it, but Amy Poehler is just great. And the relationship between her and Vivian is so wonderful. It just reminds me of how I want to parent a teenager because she manages to walk the line between because she's a very busy man. I think she might be. A You're not dry enough, Claire. You're too much of a uh, rainbow yeah. of a human being. Very good. Yeah. Well, lucky we've got Mister Dry Dry as a dry piece of toast over there That's to right. parent as a as my co-pilot. No. So Amy plays it so well because it's really she she's a, she's able to kind of have a friendship with her daughter kind of take her down a few pegs and not being mean, but just kind of she manages to parent her really directly and and give her really great honest advice while also kind of understanding that she's a teenager and she's going to be a bit sassy. So they've yes. got this really great kind of relationship and um, I think that's really beautiful. It's just my favourite Amy Poehler movie she's ever been in. She's been in a bunch of bloody she good has. movies, mate. That's... And I, yeah, I just really loved it. There's a really beautiful arc. I won't spoil it. Um, one thing that I also really loved, there's the soundtrack is awesome. And there's a song called Bikini Kill Rebel Girls, which is like a raucous anthem that the central character Vivian listens to um, that inspires her to create a zine that then she kind of secretly puts around the school anonymously mm. and that kind of starts a feminist movement within the school of all right, these right. girls sort of rising up. Um, and so then I sort of fell down a rabbit hole learning about the riot girl movement of the early 1990s, of which Bikini Kill Rebel Girls was a part of, and it was kind of like an answer to the punk rock movement at the time mm. because at that time punk was not – very welcoming for women. In right. fact, it had some really dark themes towards women. Yeah. And so Riot Girl became this movement in reaction to that and it's just kind of joyful and really feminine but not but in a really kind of angry girl out there kind of great way. It's the, that song particularly gives you a really great aesthetic um, and understanding of it. Kathleen Hanna is the lead singer of the band and I've also got a video that I'll link in the show notes I put in my newsletter actually oh, this week. I talk about this in my newsletter. So you can find that in the link in the show notes mm. too. It comes out every Friday morning. I yes. Know, I know you said favourite movie. I'm just going to name some other Amy Poehler uh-huh. movies and you tell me if you think it's better than all uh-huh. these movies. Uh, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. She's in that. <laughs> it's better than that. Okay, what about this? Mean Girls. Ooh, oh, that is such a good Oh, gotcha. No, I think it's better than Mean Girls. Wow, Mean Girls is a classic. I know. What about you know this? What? Yeah. Shrek the Third. No, nah, wasn't a fan of that wasn't one. Wasn't good, was it? What nah. about this? Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakwall. Oh, well, that, yeah, it, it's a really tough one. That's <laughs> a is. contender. What about this? Inside Out. <gasps> no, better than Inside Out. Sisters. Mm, better than Sisters. Sisters was good. I really liked yeah. Sisters. This is, I mean, look, you saw Wine Country, didn't you? you liked I did. Wine and Country, that's yeah. the other thing is Wine Country I enjoyed. It wasn't brilliant, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I think fun. we talked about it on this. Yeah, yeah, we did. And, you know, Brene Brown was in it and woohoo, I love her. Yeah. So, look, I yeah, Wine Country was good. And wine, and to be fair, Amy Poehler isn't even a central character in this, but mm. she's the director and has yes. had a big hand yeah, in absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um. I just think it's really heartwarming and empowering for women. They're doing some good. Uh, the one thing really Netflix good. does is it does comedy reasonably. I mean, there's some terrible comedies on there as well, but it does. It's bringing yeah. back the kind of the rom com and the teen kind of yeah teen com, high school comedy, which disappeared for a while because they all ended up being the same. Yeah, well, mm. this and this I think is really different because it does. Um, Manage to say some really great stuff and be really intersectional, so be really welcoming with lots of um, exploration of sexuality too mm. and all that stuff. In, in an undercurrent, 
doesn't hit you over the head with it, but it's just it says a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and and um, I won't spoil it, but it does kind of uncover some really dark themes as well. Yeah, right, so okay. It's um, yeah, it walks that line. Very and good. I really enjoyed it. Speaking of dark themes, do you, are you familiar with Pieces of a Woman? No. Uh, I'm not going to be able to say this guy's name, so I'm going to say his first name, which I'll say wrong, and then I'm going to spell his last name because I looked up multiple pronunciations and they're all nonsense. They're all different and I couldn't pronounce any of them anyway. It's called Nell, uh, M-U-N-D-R-U-C-Z-O. Uh, he directed this movie with a screenplay by Carter Webber and it stars Vanessa Kirby, who you might know from things. She's in some of the Mission Impossible movies and maybe Hobbs and Shaw, but in better things as well. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, who is a good actor but terrible person. And also sweated his way through that video where all the celebrities are on during lockdown and they did that cast reading. Did you see that? I have no idea. With Rachel, not Rachel from Friends, Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt was in it. Don't you remember? During lockdown last year, I all these like Sean Penn. No, I remember. Oh, all, like, what was the movie Julia though? Roberts. Um, I can't remember. It was a really old movie. It was like an 80s comedy or something. Yeah, yeah. And and everyone, the internet went bonkers because Jennifer Aniston and Brad, Brad Pitt have Pitt? to do like a sexy scene in oh, it. Oh, my It's goodness. just a read through and they're all yeah. on Zoom. Yeah. But the whole time Shia LaBeouf or LaBeouf is just sweating it in a car with like a towel over his head and everyone's just like obviously so used to like celebrities being really high and doing weird things that they just like totally ignore him yeah. while all of these other guys, like people, like I think even oh, who was also on it? Look, anyway, a I, lot of massive celebrities. Look, I'll tell you this much. Hilarious. The last thing I want to see in fucking lockdown is a celebrity on a fucking Zoom call. It's the last thing I want to see in no, the world. No, but it wasn't as it was like a I don't it care. was a table read I'm and not it was actually interested. really funny. It I could just watch really that movie. Anyway, Alan Bernstein as well. Anyway, so it opens with this amazing Morgan Freeman was there as great. well. Great. I hope he was sweating in a cartoon. <laughs> uh so it opened with uh it opens with a one shot like maybe 15 minute sequence of a home birth, right? 15 20 minutes maybe even. Where so um, they call their midwife. This is Vanessa Kirby and Shia LaBeouf. Uh, the, the the midwife that they they normally were going to get, and they you know went through all the proper protocols and training with or whatever. She can't come, so they they get a fill in. And so what it does, it just follows the. Uh, this is going to be a slight spoiler, but it's kind of the crux of the whole. It's not. A, it's a pretty big spoiler, but it's the crux of the whole movie. And I have to kind of like, and it's in the first twenty minutes. But anyway, after this home, but the 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 home birth results in the death of of the baby. Like it, the baby comes out. Everything seems fine and then the baby passes away and you see all of this. It's also a, a real baby that they use. They like actually like pass like a fresh baby from off screen to, to, to put it in. It's crazy. Like it's this crazy shot that they did. They filmed it six times over over two days, four on the first day and two on the second. They end up taking I think the fourth take or something like that. It's this thing that it's really beautifully choreographed and it moves to this real house where it goes from like the bedroom to the bath and like all these other places and follows different characters around when they call the ambulance as well. People are running indoors and outdoors. It's incredible. Anyway, the baby passes away. So the rest of the movie deals with the fallout from that. So some, for some people it's like, you know, that like they'll, they completely shut down, you know, which is fair enough because, you know, you, this horrible thing happens to you. Other people turn to substance abuse. It deals with like the little things like you've now got a van, like a like a family van, and then it's like you don't need this so you've got to kind of get rid of it, you know what I mean? And just like the little things that you wouldn't have to think that you'd have to like deal with, do you know what I mean, when something like this happens. And it kind of culminates in a trial with this midwife who's being blamed like very publicly for this thing that happened that, May or, may or may not have been like her fault. And the way that it's 
framed from the beginning, it doesn't cut. The reason they didn't cut was because then you can kind of make up your own mind of what you saw as it unfolded. So it's not like it cuts away and you miss something or you're like, oh, what could have happened here when it was focusing on this person? You have all the information, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, it's not really clear about what happens. You know, what happens, it's kind of up to you. And it's about like finding peace or even like coming to terms with the tragedy and like moving on, like even if you can. It's an amazing movie. It's it's, it's brutal. It's like a really, really tough watch. But it's, uh, yeah, if you can hack it, um, which I would say, don't <laughs> to a lot of people because it's brutal, but it's amazing. It's a really amazing movie. Yeah. When did it come out? I think it came out in 2020, but I watched it earlier this year. I put it on my list and I've been, I've got a list of things, but I've been putting it off because I'm like, this is a really difficult thing to like talk about. And I don't, even though like it's, it is amazing. Like I didn't really want to relive it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's pretty, and I'll never watch it again, ever. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be able to watch yeah. that. But I just it's, couldn't watch no. it. I couldn't do it. But it, it is, it is an incredible, like, piece of filmmaking it really is yeah well I think that pregnancy loss and miscarriage is something that um is very difficult to talk about and very difficult to bring up and then stillbirth and and infant mortality even more so um but it also is such a lived experience of women and men couples who are having kids like at this time in our lives Mm. and I think I remember because I've I've had a miscarriage Mm. And when it happened to me, I was just so shocked. I just felt like it couldn't happen to me for some reason. I just was so sure that it it just hadn't yeah. occurred to me that it could happen, which I know sounds crazy because now I know one in three pregnancies end in miscarriage yeah. and it's actually a normal and very devastating but natural process mm. of having babies. Yeah. Um which doesn't make it any less devastating. Um but I do think it's such a it's such a difficult topic to talk about. Um and women some women share and some women don't share and mm. and and I also think it's really hard. I wonder if blokes really ever talk about it. Uh look I I, I mean I know people who have it's happened to like you know friends of mine or whatever but I'm not re- it's not really something I've really Spoken to with anybody about, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that would be an interesting thing to think about too, that often women barely speak about it, so I can't even imagine what it's like to be a bloke on the other side of yeah. that and how your friends would deal with that and how you would deal with it in your own head and whether it's different for you, and obviously it is different in lots of ways. Yeah. Um, I, we don't, it's not like, for one, there's no like physical toll on us in the way that it is, mm. yeah. Yeah, so... Of, of many things, that's one of the you know yeah, one of the yeah. differences, and that would be um, so. That's a film like that. I just I wouldn't be able to cope no. with, but I do think it's incredible that it was made. Yeah, because I think it obviously speaks to the lived experience of people. Yeah, and um, I think the more that we can share about the most difficult and traumatic things that happen to us, the more mm. we can begin to understand it and process it ourselves. Yeah. And I think there's that saying that there is going to be someone's experience that matches the shape of your words. Mm. And I think that if you've experienced miscarriage or loss of a child, I mean, and they're not the same things, but, uh, you know, any kind of anything in that realm, having someone else understand you or hear about someone else's experience so you know that you're not the only person that it's happened to mm. can help. 
Um, but that can also be immensely triggering too. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I probably it's, should have mentioned that up top. Actually, maybe we can. Yeah, I'll do. I'll do a yeah. truth warning at yeah. the start. Okay. Um, at the end of this episode. Anyway. Um, anyway, sorry to just drop that on everybody. Yeah, uh, that was huge. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is for me. I think. I, yeah. Look, and I think. Yeah. In I just think when having kids and having babies is such um, a vulnerable and scary and amazing, mm. but time. But there's so much that can go wrong along the way, and things that are yeah. way out of your control as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. and that's the other part of it. Mm. Exactly right. That things are just. It's just not. It's not in your control how all of that happens. Yeah. Um, and birth, even birth, and the way that birth happens for different women. For some women, it's highly traumatic, and for other women, it's an empowering experience, and mm. it's all very dependent. And I think that's the thing with home births too. That there's a real sort of worry about home births, um, about having them at home for because of the risks. But then the flip side of that is in hospitals when women give birth in hospitals, sometimes the care cannot be up to scratch as well and it can yeah. be a really clinical environment, a really scary environment too. I mean, obviously also for me I gave birth in a hospital and I think that was what I wanted to do with an obstetrician. Mm. Um and I was talking about this recently because I noticed that um, I was speaking to my mum about it, who's a GP, and she was saying that anecdotally they've noticed a lot more women are experiencing birth trauma yeah. than they used to and they're trying to understand why and there's research now being done as to why that is. And they think one of the reasons is not having consistent care. So like a midwife, doesn't matter if you're public or private, but a midwife that will get that knows you and knows your body and knows where your baby is at and is with you all the way through and then is an advocate for you through the birth process. Yeah, absolutely. And whether that's at home or whether that's in a birthing centre, in a hospital or whatever, mm. if you – like I've had friends who've been, gone into labour, had no idea what to do, rung, they've said just stay at home, they've finally got too scared, they spend the whole time being scared, then they drive all in there, then the people at the hospital tell them to drive home again, so they drive back twice, home and back, yeah. home and back – how is that going to end up being conducive for a woman to feel safe and secure to yeah. be able to process a birth exactly. and actually end up with an, an end result that um, mm. is sort of safe for woman and baby that isn't traumatic? Cause, <laughs> anyway. Because yeah. even yeah, with our, our last one, even though it had happened before, we were still like, do we go in now? Should we call? Like even though it was something that had happened, we were both still like, uh, yeah. I don't know. And then when we rang and they heard you. Like have a contraction over the phone. They were like, "Okay, uh, yeah, you better get you better get down." Yeah, here. and I just think I know we had a friend of ours who had a doula with them. Yeah, and I I think before that I thought doula sounded very hippie or something, and maybe not for me. I'm and sure summer, but, yeah. but 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 I realised that really what it is is having someone who's experienced in birth. Yes, to be able to be with you the whole time because husband does or partner no, or whoever. Of course, I know. No. I don't know. And even Whereas, then you're, you're too close to it. Like even yeah. if you learn as much as you can, you, it's, you're too close to it. You, yeah. can't, make, you can't make an informed no, decision really. having someone there at, in the hospital with you who's who knows you, who will stay in the room with you because yeah. often midwives in hospitals are so busy. They've got so many patients. Mm. Like there's so many stories of, you know, they're in and out and not you, they're not with you all the time. So you don't necessarily always know what's happening to you and it's potluck who you get and you can get fantastic midwives 
and you can get ones that are super busy and not there very much or ones that aren't very good. Yes. So having someone there who's your advocate to go, no, she wants this, turn the lights off. She wants, I don't know, this particular music and this heat pack and she needs this thing and and to follow you through that entire labour experience, I think – and obviously things still go wrong anyway. Yeah, if you've got obviously also if you've got the luxury of you know. Yeah, but that, I think yeah. that's something they're looking at trying to put into the system. It would make a because, lot of sense. Yeah, because per, I think you know a long time ago, like when my mum was first having kids, women were sort of nurtured through the process. Yeah, and it was much more about celebrating what they achieved, and you know the the nurses took me so mum and dad could go out for on a date, you know, that kind of thing. Like just would not have happened now. It's sort of like as get out as soon as you possibly can, you yeah. know, and all of those sorts of things. So and there is something to be said for also being home or whatever. But oh, it's yeah, also, but I just but, but the turnaround is like for some people, even that we know is crazy. Anyway, I didn't mean yeah. to I didn't mean to this is I know this talking. is derailed. Yeah, this but whole no, thing. no, I, I think it's fine. About this it's good. But I do think yeah. that women should be treasured and valued for, I mean, mm. giving birth is just one of the most incredible and difficult things I think mm. anyone could ever do really. Yeah. And um, I just, I think we just need more support mm. and I more valuing agree. of women. And and, women. and not to like, you know, keep this going, but also, and, and I know you, you've, you've talked about this before and experienced this, often as soon as the baby is born, then the priority is like just on the baby when like the mother has just experienced this like incredibly like, traumatic or at least physically taxing thing. You know what I mean? It beca- the, the, the focus shifts, which I think is lunacy because also if the baby needs to be healthy and fed and looked after, you know, the mother needs needs to be, you know, Yeah, healthy. needs to be healthy and, and cared rested for. And, and, yeah. Yeah, as much as she can be. Yeah, exactly. And so. Or paid maternity leave also. <laughs> totally, yeah. But I just think um, the more that we can look after women, especially when they're going through that birthing process, the better. Anyway, I didn't mean to take that on a No, no, that's fine. And I won't be watching that movie, but thank you very much for the uh, No problem. It's really good. <laughs> I really cried on uh, the podcast. I would say don't anybody watch it because it's qu- quite traumatic. Uh, but, yeah. But interest- a really interesting way of doing it and premise. Definitely. Mm. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. All right, I have another recommendation. I love recommendations. Okay, cool. This one is just, you know, it's a fun, it's not fun exactly, but it's kind of that the kind of TV that I like where I don't have to like think too much and there's sort of I don't it's know. The one you've been watching with Christopher Plummer? Yes, it's called The Departure. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know. And uh my laptop is frozen. I'm just trying to get down to my notes. Oh, I'll cover this one. It's a British crime <laughs> drama and it's something about international espionage and there's a lot of people in rooms with screens and they're like, how long till the <laughs> whatever's happening? And they're like, I don't know, he's still in the field. We can't get onto him. 
We're losing the connection. <laughs> and then someone comes in and goes, I told you I'm from, no, a, so I'm from a different let department. Let me explain the actual <laughs> – it's actually really cool. So, the, I mean, it's a bit full on, but it's great. It's like an unfolding mystery. So the departure, um, there's a flight that goes up in the in, – it's a British show, BBC. Yes. Um, and the plane just disappears off the map. Oh, my goodness. And so initially they're not sure what's going on um, and then they discover Did they check the, the back plane. of the map? They flip it over? <laughs> so annoying. Anyway, the plane has crashed um, and there's one survivor. <sighs> I know. And so it kind of unfolds from there. It, there's a bit of kind of espionage. <gasps> there's a bit of spy detective stuff, <gasps> MI5s involved. <gasps> um, one of the lead actress, and my notes haven't loaded, but she's brilliant and has come back what's from the, uh, leave. What's the show called again? The Department. Her husband died in a car crash. Called the departure. Anyway, it's just one of those things that's kind of quite gripping, and it and it's set in London, which I always love. And you know, it's a BBC kind of drama, but it's I I'm it's got just an international it. cast as well. Yeah, it does, and it's, American and British. There you go, and it's, among others. Well, there you go, and it's also Dude yeah, Scott, like oh quite a fun thing to watch if you just want some escapism. Yeah, so you wouldn't you wouldn't world. call it to like. Um, no, it's not too – I mean, you know, obviously there's some heavy themes, but it's really like an unfolding mystery as to what's happened and what happened to the pilot and all of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is funny. I just found an audience review. One star. Some questions after watching the first episode of Departure. Why is a 90-year-old man running the Transport Safety Investigation Bureau, <laughs> Christopher Plubber? He doesn't look – oh, he's dead now, but he doesn't look 90, does he? No, I don't, I I don't think Plummer. so. Yeah, look, oh, look he's really good in it. Oh, my notes have finally loaded. Oh, my goodness. Good Lord. Um, Kendra Malley, investigator Kendra Malley uh, is the main character and she's played by Archie Punjabi. Mm, um, she's great. Yeah, and she's just really great. She has a really great way of kind of quietly going about things in a very clinical way and but also she's got a troubled son. Got um, a troubled son. And she's come oh. back from... Uh, her husband died in a car crash, so she was on leave. My and Christopher Plummer comes and he's like, "We really need you." And she's like, "I, I certainly couldn't." And he was like, "You're the best there is. I'll see you on Monday." And I'm the oldest like, man okay. in the world. We really, I need a nap. <laughs> I need you to come in. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. That's my recommendation. The departure. Cool. All right. So just some light British-ish um, drama. Drama. Yeah. There's a lot of like gloomy staring at like computer screens oh and like the map of planes. It's my life, mate. Bit of tech stuff. It's my life. Glo- yeah. Gloomily staring at a screen. <laughs> uh, my last one's a real pick me up, Claire. I'll tell you that one. Oh, I thought God, yeah, it so better be no, a it is, it is. It's called Superstore. It, uh, it was created by Justin uh, Spitzer, who worked on Scrubs, The Office, and Queer as Folk, among many other things. It stars America Ferreira, who you might know as Ugly Betty. She played Ugly Betty. Yes, I do I know I think her. she was in Sisterhood of Something Something, maybe, of the pants. Of oh, the pa- travelling pants. pants are, look at these pants. <laughs> They're travelling around. Uh, ben Feldman, Laura Nash, Colton Dunn, uh, Nicole Sakura. And it's like an office, you know, Parks and Rec kind of inspired show where it follows the the workers of this uh, of this superstore, you know, like your Walmarts or your you know your Kmart's or whatever, you know, like the giant conglomerate stores that sell literally everything, and they merely exist just to kind of wipe out any other minor businesses that happen to be in the area, right? Yeah. So it, it follows like the everyday life of people in the store and like the insane people that come in and the insane people that work there, 
and also like corporate mandates and like, you know, there's takeovers happening and shifting personnel and it talks about like minimum wage and unionizing and it's love also, but it's hurricanes and it's like, <laughs> it's fun and light and it's really interesting the way that like you get to know the characters and it's actually wrapping up really soon. It's wrapping up like this month. But oh, it started wow. in 2015 and I only just started it this year because my brother, the one that Mason doesn't like, was like, you should check this out. And it popped up on Netflix the first five seasons or whatever Yeah, I think everyone's been talking yeah. about it. I've heard it mentioned um, a lot. It's it's I um I know people like love Brooklyn Nine Nine and um I've always been like eh it's fine it's whatever to me like, you like the first season yeah it's fine again it's fine I like this much more than I like Brooklyn Nine Nine I don't know there's something about this that I just find really appealing and just like it's just it's funny enough it's like it's better than averagely funny but it's, it's like Parks and Rec right yeah, it's got a it's probably not vibe. as good as Parks and Rec I would, if yeah. I had to like, if I had to choose. But it's still very watchable and very entertaining and and breezy and there's a million episodes. So, uh, yeah, it's on the NBC but if you're in Australia it's also on Netflix if you do want to check it out. But, yeah, I think you I think you should watch it. I think you'd really enjoy it. It's really it's really good. Yeah, I've watched little – what I like yeah. about it is that you can kind of dip into episodes. I didn't know what totally. was going on. Totally. And I didn't know any of the characters but I still really loved it. Yep. And I got the kind of sense of like – the pace of it and yep. the world of it is really funny and quirky and I love how the timing of it where it just like drops a joke and then moves on. And you're totally. Like, that and it great. doesn't do that thing where people are talking to a camera and they're like, I thought Greg was in the stock room or whatever. It doesn't do any of that. Stop doing that, which is which is good because it doesn't make any sense while anybody would be filming any of it. But, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it's again, it's just like it's just bright and fun and breezy. Yeah. You get you get kind of invested in it. So uh Yeah, no, the yeah. characters seem really great. Yeah. And diverse class too. Very diverse. Always yeah. really good. All right. So I have an email. I love emails. I know you can email the show too if you would I so can. choose. I'll do it right now. No, you Dear can't. suggestible. Oh god, here he goes. Fuck goes. you both. Oh jeez. You're you're too woke. Oh. Your opinions. <laughs> are different than my opinions and I don't like that. We actually very rarely get any <laughs> emails true. like that because our listeners That's why I'm sending just... one. That's why I'm sending this oh, one. Oh, okay. Well, then That's I can read it That's because the out. lunatic's got a filter because they got to filter through my YouTube channel ah. and then they got to filter through the Weekly Planet then to get to and here. And they got to make it to this little it. tiny heartwarming yeah. pocket of the internet. Not that that's the only <laughs> place we get uh, audience members from because often it's the partner of somebody who's like, I hate the Weekly Planet. And they're like, well, the guy who does the Weekly Planet has a, a wife that you would like. So <laughs> And to to be fair, if you do have a said wife or husband or partner or friend Mm. or parent that you think would love this show because they don't get the weekly planet, please recommend it to them. We would love that. I get a few emails actually from people saying that that they got their partner or their brother or sister something onto it. But I tolerate James (laughs) and Claire. Do you like a very cynical man and a woman that's a little bit like a Muppet from... I wouldn't even <laughs> argue that I'm not that cynical because sometimes I meet a person I'm like, fucking this guy, my, <laughs> my God. No, the, this little This guy secret. is a storm cloud <laughs> of a human oh being. My God. That, that must literally be Eeyore. You've just bumped into Eeyore. I have bumped into Eeyore. Okay, or so- a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> I can't tell if that was that funny or if I'm just really funny. That's really funny. Okay, here's one thing I will say, listeners. It's a little secret about old Jim Bob over there. Here we go. He's a big old softy softy. No, I'm and hard. he pretends and that tough. he's the prince he's all tough and he's all cynical and he's all fuck this and oh, I don't like that and the sky's overrated. Sky's overrated. Actually, he's got a little softy caramelly centre and he's super, super lovely and he's a great dad. Disagree. 
No, it's so true. You got a big heart. Well, I'll tell you a secret. Covered by a lot of cynicism <laughs> and coal. Um, anyway, can I read this bloody email? I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd love it. All right. So this email is from Diana. Hello. My brother recently told me about your wonderful podcast. Oh, my goodness. I have a brother. Oh, your brother, Diana, is a bloody legend. And I'm already loving listening. Thanks, oh, my God. Mate. On your last episode, Claire mentioned American Dirt, and I thought you might be interested in further reading on the subject. You would be correct. The Beast, riding the rails and dodging narcos on the migrant trail by Oscar Martinez, is from a Salvadorian journalist who spent a year traveling with migrants and learning their stories. I feel like we never really hear publishing buzz for investigative journalism books, especially in translation, but this is such a powerful piece. He published in 2010, and I can only imagine what an updated piece would be like. Anyway, thanks for all the content. Diana. Oh, interesting. So like an actual like, it's like, like a real life account. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, which would be brilliant because I know there was some criticism of American Dirt for sure. being a bit too, I don't know. Fictionalised. Fictionalised and not necessarily really true of the migrant experience. So sure. anyway, brilliant. I'm totally going to check that out. Thank you, Diana, and thank you to your wonderful brother for oh, recommending really the show. I really appreciate that. Thank you to both of you. Absolutely. You Man, guys I wish are I had a wonderful legends. brother. That'd be great. But unfortunately, I have two very average brothers. Oh, well. <laughs> Not in height, though. They're much taller than you. Not much taller. One is a little bit taller and one is much <laughs> taller. So I guess on average, they're both much taller. They're both much taller than you. Yeah. But but I can I can deadlift 110 kilo quite easily, Claire, in multiple reps. <laughs> For an old guy. For an old guy, it's pretty good, mate. Don't it's even, inspirational. It's very inspirational. <laughs> All right. Um, off you go there. You got a review. I do for have us. a review here. It's so easy to review the show. You're not even going to believe it. You just open your app and you're like clickety clack. Um, let's Jimmy's get this on back. track. Jimmy's back. Let's get this on track. Clickety clack. And uh, I don't want. Back. And it really helps the show. Five stars if you could. Five stars if you could. This is from Abujaka one two three. Says the Adventures of Greg and the Old Boot. They give recommendations. Some I agree with. Some I don't. Give it a try. Isn't that life? Pretty succinct summary of what's going on in this podcast. Would you have that mosquito? It's going to get you. Got me. Did I get it? I don't know. Did, Did you get it? I don't know. There was no splurt of blood when you hit no, it. No, I don't think I got it. I think I just hit the podcast. I'm sorry, colleagues. You're going to have to edit all the mosquitoes out. Of <laughs> the podcast. Of the podcast. that buzzing around. No, you can't hear them, mate. You've got a skill for getting mosquitoes at night time. No, I don't have a skill. I have like a lo- very low tolerance, so I will, I will not stop. Remember that I'm one the, time? I'm the terminator get, of killing mosquitoes. Remember you only get two weeks holiday a year and that one holiday then we went to a beach house and there was just mosquitoes coming in all the time. That, all I don't know where they were coming from. They were like getting in through a vent or something and they just mauled us the entire time we were there. <laughs> yeah. It went behind me. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> did you just no, catch it? No, I didn't. It? it got out. Okay, <laughs> the other thing mosquitoes do is just weirdly vanish. Yeah, that you one left. That? I saw it leave the room. Like they buzz around. I'm, I'm, and sometimes I'll be looking at them with both my eyeballs and yeah. then it will just appear like it's gone. You also have terrible like, eyesight. No, so I'll wear my glasses. You're it's up. not a basketball game, James. It's true. I mean, it is much smaller than a basketball, but I get your point, I guess. Yeah, what I'm in reference to is when I played in a basketball team and I never wore my glasses. Is it annoying for you when you're swimming or whatever or doing an activity where you can't wear your glasses? Like yes! a gym and you can't see what is happening yes! at all. It is. Because it's because you also find a thing where like if somebody waves, you're like you can't tell if they're waving at you. Yes. If you know them or you squint. You're like so then you think like, am I being rude to that person? Does that person even know me? Do I know them? Exactly. One time I saw a guy on the street who I thought was my friend from the theatre troupe that I used to be a part of. Oh my god. That would have been a big hello from you then, wouldn't it? It was massive because you know, theatre troupe guys. Yeah, big name. Super friends. Yeah, like and it Darren was like a big personality. And so 
I ran. I was like, Darren, Darren. And I ran across and I got, I would say, half a metre from That's him. so close. It's so close yelling Darren and, I, and then with my arms outstretched and then I realised the reason he wasn't turning around was because it wasn't Darren. Oh, well, how is Darren? I don't know. I haven't seen this Darren in a long time. This man that you're apparently time. in love with. <laughs> I'd, uh, I, we you, had a great time. You know time. that thing where somebody waves at you and yes. then but they're actually waving the person behind you? Oh, yeah. Now you, I embrace that now. It happened to me the other day. Somebody waved and it was for somebody behind me and I just went, oh, I just thought you were waving. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought you were waving at me. <laughs> I didn't just like pretend it Did didn't happen. Did you know that person? Like, no, absolutely not. I just thought they were waving at me. So I didn't want to be rude. I don't want to be rude. I'm just like, hey, hi. Nah, done on. Anyway, now we're best friends. <laughs> oh, who are you kidding? You don't make new friends. I've never made a friend in my life and I don't intend on. I like making friends. I uh, like making lots of friends. I'll make a friend. I'll good. make a friend called Darren. I should have made friends. I made friends with that guy on the street who wasn't called Darren. Did you? And now we're best friends. Wow. I'd love to meet him one day, this man who you're best friends with that I've never heard of. It just didn't care. Yeah, I know. I was like 16 in a theatre troupe, my friend. I think it's funny that we met and didn't know each other and became friends. That's crazy. And now we live together and have two children Well, we didn't become friends. No, that's true. We became Relations. We were relations to each other. We were. We were in a relationship. That is weird. But don't you think that's weird that like. Well, I think it's less weird than like you grow up with somebody and then, you know what I mean? And they're in your family and then you marry them. Okay, yeah. Well, that would be gross. Yeah, that's I understand. I know. We're not Woody Alleying it over here, are we? But anyway, it just sometimes I think that's so funny that like. You just, it's yeah, just somebody life, you, you know. don't know and then... And then they become like the most important person in your life. Well, until you have kids. <laughs> but yeah. Or you apparently know. this Darren bloke. Oh, no. Here he goes. Mm. I'm going to have to find Darren and explain to him that he needs to talk to James and tell him about the time he was standing outside of McDonald's in St Kilda because we were performing at the theatre in St Kilda. theatre in St Kilda. Okay, and I have to also tell you about this theatre troupe just on the by before we finish. Sure. We would do musical excerpts from all different musicals, oh my, my favourite one of which was Chicago. Yeah. And we would do Pop, Six, Switch, Aha, Cicero, Lipschitz. Do you know that one? Yeah, I've seen it. He had it, it coming. He had it coming. Darren was standing in front of McDonald's like was... and then she yelled out and it wasn't actually him. And da, 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 Yeah, the thing, da, is, da, da. the thing is as well, like, yeah, it's great. A lot of musicals don't translate to um, movies and I feel like Chicago, <laughs> Chicago is one of them. No, you were absolutely incorrect. That was a great movie. Catherine Zeta-Jones, are you kidding me? Oh, Renee Zellweger, nailed it. That's I've never. I, I don't. I don't. That know is one of the people. movies that does lend itself to musicals. That does lend itself to a film. Not everyone does, but that one in particular was excellent. Okay. Great. Well, I think I'm going to lend myself now? to uh, watching Superman and Lois, which is my tradition after I finish this podcast. Oh, no, I got to edit. Fuck. Oh, and then I'll watch it. It's a real busy week for you. It isn't is, it? isn't it? I it's a work. real busy week. It's a real busy week for me too. It's just a real busy week. It's a busy week all times. Yeah. So many times. Right, thanks for listening, though, guys. We appreciate yeah, it. If you've got recommendations, it. send them on through. We'll be back next please week. Please do. And uh, yeah, oh, and my newsletter, please. If oh, you yeah, would sign like, up for it. sign up for it. I'll send you a little bit of words. And you can always unsubscribe if it's not for you. That's what I do. Cold Tons comes out every Friday morning. Link in the bio. Thank you to Rock Collings for editing this show. Here's a question because, Claire, you're doing a, you're making a separate podcast at the I moment. You're putting it together. I know it's early days, but 
I wouldn't be, would you be interested to know what people would like you to talk about in this podcast? Ooh, that's interesting. I know you've got a very solid idea of what it is, but oh. I just I feel like it would a lot of people it would align with what people might think though. Oh, okay. Just send in. What do people just give us maybe an idea? Oh, I'd be all curious right. is what people think would be a good fit for you. For me, if I'm making doing. my own podcast because yeah. I'm slowly trying to usurp the weekly money. Who knows? Mm. Mm. Maybe it'll be even more successful than this podcast. <laughs> well, look, I, yes. Anyway, that's interesting. Mm. You just uh, we probably it's at the know. end, so people probably switched off. We probably won't get any messages. Yeah. Well, I find that often when I mention something at the very end of a podcast, and we get no responses. But it's still important to throw it Thank out there. Thank you. I appreciate right, that. Let's dig it out of here. Alrighty. Thanks for going to the edit. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.